having a good day. Uh, I hope you guys can hear me. Uh, let me know if you can hear me and see me okay, and I uh, hope you can see our guests. Uh, we've been talking about Bitcoin and crypto and everything else and what's going on with blockchain and all kinds of stuff. And uh, so uh, at, out of out of the request from, uh, from many of you, uh, we reached out and we found some uh, crypto uh, some crypto enthusiasts, crypto experts that we could bring onto the platform to just have a conversation about what's going on with with Bitcoin and and, and not just Bitcoin. We know the crypto world is much bigger than Bitcoin, but that's kind of the entry point for a lot of people. So uh, let me um, uh, ask everybody, if you could, please, uh, before we begin, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button if you haven't done that yet. And also uh, welcome to everybody who uh, is black first. As you know, on this platform, we're B1. Uh, that means that we put our community first, uh, wealth first, all that good stuff. So uh, as long as we're on the same page, we can get started. All right. So uh, one of my guests is uh, King Bless. King Bless is a crypto consultant. He and, and Isaiah Jackson uh, co-host something called The Gentleman Crypto. And uh, Isaiah is the author of a book called uh, Bitcoin in Black America. Is that right, Isaiah? Absolutely. Yes. And uh, and uh, and you'll get to know these brothers more as, as time goes on. But uh, I want to say welcome uh, to both of you. Uh, thank you guys for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Glad, glad to be here. Definitely. All right. And we also have Royal Madru, uh, who is the founder of New World Tycoon. And uh, Royal uh, has a lot to say about uh, the world of, uh, of crypto credit and everything in between. How you doing today, brother? I'm blessed, man. Glad to All be right. here. All right. Well, glad you guys are here. So let's start the conversation uh, from the beginning then. Um, you know, uh, uh, crypto is um, something that a lot of people are kind of confused by. You know, they, they see the money being made and they they don't know if they should jump in or stay away. And it all it almost seems like an illusion to a lot of people. And uh, what got a lot of people's attention this year is is Bitcoin. I think that's one of the big stories, at least in the mainstream media, that Bitcoin, uh, it, it, it crashed in 2017. And now it's been taken off and it's up over 30,000 now. Last time I checked, maybe 32, 33,000, something like that. Uh, uh, let, let's start with uh, with you, King Bless. What do you attribute uh, this this sudden rise in Bitcoin to? And and, uh, and what, what's going through your brain as you're kind of watching this go down? Well, the sudden rise is institutions. Right now is mainly banks, Wall Street, capital firms, venture capital firms are all buying Bitcoin. So it's not retail investors. So the price pump is coming from institutions, which is a good thing because retail investors haven't gotten to it. Bitcoin in general, the reason why I believe in it and the reason why I see this as being the future, I think back in 2015, there was a stat that said only 24% of Americans were using cash at the time. That was in like 2015. We're getting away from cash. That's over with. The pandemic accelerated. No one will be using cash. They don't take it in LA in most places. Digital currency is the future. It's about which one will it be. I think Bitcoin is going to be the one to win out. A lot of banks and organizations also believe it, which is why people are starting to buy Bitcoin so it can be backed by whatever dollar, whatever other type of monetary value they have there. Wow. OK, so. Um, all right. So. So, uh, uh, Royal, I'm, I'm going to go to you. Um, so. So King Bless is saying that that cash almost sound like he was saying cash is on its way out the door. Uh, traditional cash that that digital currency is the wave of the future. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And uh, how do you link this to what's going on in crypto? Well, what's going on in crypto right now is basically digital digital currency is coming in and like cash is going to end up going out. The reason why is because, well, crypto's already been practiced throughout this whole time. And we've been using we've been using Apple Pay. So they're kind of getting this kind of ready for digital currency anyway. That's how I personally feel about it. Like it's been here more than 10 years in pretty much digital currency is pretty much the only thing that's basically want to help all of us be able to like invest our money the proper way because right now 
cash is going to be out. I think that the digital currency is going to come in and kind of help countries like Africa, Asia, countries that haven't had banking. Like, so it's going to pretty much help everyone be able to be able to like invest and help third world countries and help help a lot of people to get involved in learning their finances. Because as of right now, I personally think when people work, the banks pretty much control most of people's investments. When they want to retire, you got 401k, and no one really has a chance to to take control of their money. And I think Bitcoin is that that one lane where people are now going to have to sit back, learn finances, but they can't blame anyone about their finances because the, the anyone can invest into Bitcoin and learn it and make as much money as they want. And they can pretty much, we all are even in this playing field, it's crypto. And it's just the beginning. Really okay. Good. All right, so so let me let me ask you, uh, uh, uh brother. Um, uh, uh okay, sorry, I, I, Isaiah, Isaiah. Sorry, I'm I'm learning your names. Uh, Isaiah. Um, so so uh, so Royal was saying that the Bitcoin and crypto kind of evens the playing field. Um, you know, and, and that almost seems to indicate that 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 it's like a currency, and w- which it technically is. But I I don't see a lot of people using Bitcoin for transactions like a currency. I see people buying it, hoping that the price will go up. Uh, but I don't see a lot of people, you know, buying uh, pizza and, and and shoes with Bitcoin. Uh, what what is your view on Bitcoin in terms of where it is and what it represents for you? Uh, so currently, uh, I would agree with King that institutions are buying Bitcoin as a way to preserve their wealth, uh, which is the main use case of Bitcoin right now as a store of value, uh, as a currency. Um, the ability is something that happens when you have consensus among people that when you spend it with them. Uh, that they can spend it with someone else. Um, as far as a currency, it does have a way to go to be a reliable medium of exchange, as reliable as we were accustomed to sort of the dollar. Um, but we do know money has three stages, store value, medium of exchange, and then a unit of account. So it will take some time to get to that point. But what Bitcoin represents for me is a chance for people to own their wealth for the first time in U.S. history. First time ever. Uh, there is no other money mechanism where it is unconfiscatable, where you can hold your private keys. And that's what Bitcoin mainly represents to me and cryptocurrency as well uh, from the speculative nature uh, allows it to grow in price. So that brings people into the market. But ultimately, uh, I believe Bitcoin as a store value is why I'm here. Mm. So uh, uh, just so you know, it looks like uh, one of our guests, Ian Bellina, just got here. Uh, how you doing today, brother? Doing well, thanks. How are you? Uh, doing very well. Glad to have you. Glad to have you. Now, Ian, um, I, I don't have the information in front of me right now, but I know that you do a lot in the world of crypto. Um, I, and I, I'm going to I'm actually pull that up in a second. But I want to ask you, uh, we were talking about the, the rise of the, the first thing most people are noticing is that Bitcoin has just kind of made a comeback. And uh, a lot of people obviously might remember 2017 when you had that crash. And uh, from what I have seen, I mean, you guys are, are, are really into that world. Uh, but what, from what I've seen, it looks like Bitcoin has crashed many times. Like this, this 2017 wasn't the only time, but it come, it's come back many times. Um, so, so tell me, Ian, do you think that there's something different about this rise in Bitcoin that makes it uh, that makes this not a repeat of 2017? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yes, for sure. <clears throat> so, Bitcoin in the crypto space has matured a lot more. So, if we look at the market since 2017, we now have institutions in Bitcoin. We have almost every Wall Street investor in Bitcoin and crypto. We have Facebook in crypto. We have Samsung in crypto. We have, I mean, even Elon Musk possibly getting into crypto. We have public, publicly traded companies putting Bitcoin on their balance sheet. So the market is a lot more mature 
than back in 2017. 2017 was kind of the hype cycle. But in the last three-year bear market, pretty much the space has been matured, cleaned up, and now it's ready to go mainstream, in my opinion. Mm. So matured and cleaned up. Uh, I'm curious about that. I want want to go to King Bless on this question. Um, When you look at Bitcoin and crypto, one of the things that's interesting is I remember in the beginning, it was – it was a great way to um, to do transactions if you're trying to do something where you didn't want the government to know what you were up to, that, it, you know, that everything's so anonymous. And and just this idea that you hear these stories about people that I think at least two of my team where somebody had over a quarter of a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin and they just lost it because they lost the, the password to the wallet or somebody just took it or whatever the case may be. Um, it, it, it almost seems like like that decentralization part of of Bitcoin and not just Bitcoin, but other cryptos. It's something that seems to liberate the consumer. Like, look, you're you're out of the global economic system. You're able to do these things on your own, but but there's a risk that comes with that, right? Like a fear, you know. So 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 how do you, how do you balance that, and how do you also balance the fact that? So I'm asking really two questions. One is dealing with that fear of knowing that you could just lose your money, and 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 the cops can't go get it for you. But then also knowing that a lot of what drove the value of Bitcoin initially was, was these illegal transactions. But but that's going to eventually have to go away, it seems, in order for uh, for this to, to this whole Bitcoin experiment to really become mainstream. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? So, yeah, like I said, kind of a loaded question, two part question. I'll answer the best of my building, like sound bites, because this is more of a conversation here. <laughs> yeah. uh, but first, when it comes to any criminal activity, it's already been found that under two percent of all transactions in crypto are illicit. So under there, there are less than two percent of illicit transactions. So that is not real. That is fake. Really? That's fake and make believe. That is wow, a make believe that has been well, disproven many times. I, I thought it was much higher. I didn't know, but but go ahead, please continue. Right, but it makes sense because if I'm a multi-billionaire and all my friends are multi-billionaires, the Warren Buffett, the Bill Gates, the governments of the world, and all my money is in cash, and Bitcoin does devalue fiat currency. I mean, we're seeing that right now. One Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. The dollar value has changed, not the Bitcoin value. Then yes, if I'm a billionaire, my money is in, in fiat. I want you to not like Bitcoin. I'm going to do everything I can in my media companies <laughs> to make you feel like criminals are buying it, whether it's true or not. So that isn't true. Uh, and then the uh, I'm sorry, what was the second point you made? Um, uh, oh, the, the the risk, the the risk okay. of it. So the risk again, th- th- that's more of a conversation. But the risk of cryptocurrency is all made up in your head, and that's usually because. People don't have enough fiat currency to understand their risk in the market now, or they just don't understand risk when it comes to money. They don't understand that they don't have freedom. And what I mean by that is, first of all, yes, if you become your own bank, which cryptocurrency allows you to do, you are your own bank. So you have to have your own bank security. You need to learn about cybersecurity. You need to learn about pin codes and all that. Yes, you become your own bank and it's risky. But right now in the regular market, it's even riskier. You a lot of again, a lot of people don't feel it because they don't have nothing but three thousand, five thousand to their name if they're lucky. But for people who have millions of dollars or billions of dollars, and all of a sudden you want to do a two thousand and eight bailout where the government says, "Hey, we're going to bail out these banks using taxpayer money." There's nothing you can do about it. To me, that's not having control of your money. Uh, or my, you know, I have family members. I'm from Detroit originally. My family members work for the big three, Ford, GM. Uh, they got bailed out as well. No, the people who work there didn't get bailed out. They don't have control of their money. With Bitcoin, if the government or the banks or whatever, they say, hey, we want to go to war or we want to bail out GM or Ford or whatever. We want to bail out a bank. Then you owning your own Bitcoin can decide yes or no. I will give you the money to do this or no, you are not allowed to do this with my money. Wow. Wow. That, that That's heavy. You know, that's um, 
Uh, that that two percent thing about you know most of the Bitcoin not being used for illicit transactions that's that's a surprise to me. But to your point though, you are right. You know, usually when when something comes along and competes, uh, the other side kind of becomes a hater. You know, like like the way a girl would be like, you know, well you know she's a hoe. You know what I mean? Like because she's mad because the other girl doesn't get her man's attention or whatever. Or uh, with the hotels, you know, when Airbnb started coming up, Same. Uber, yeah, Airbnb, I, they led that campaign to make people think you're not safe in the Airbnb. So so that's a good. That, wow, I, I didn't know that. So so let me let me ask you this, Royal. Um, how did you get into crypto in the first place? Like, what what drove your interest in crypto? What drove my interest in crypto was realizing I was putting a lot of money in the bank, but I wasn't making a real return with my money in the bank. So I was looking for alternate ways where I can actually control my money. I know there's stocks and there's options, but I when I when crypto came into my life, I, I realized that the um, I can make a hundred to a thousand times my money, and I did in 2017. When I purchased Ripple at forty-four cent, and then I sold at three dollars, and once that once that transaction went through, I kind of realized like crypto is going to be the, the next stage of finances. And I was learning it early. At, well, I thought it was early, but it's been before me. But I learned that you can make money twenty-four-seven because the stock market closes. So once I realized it was twenty-four-seven, I was up every night for days straight, and parking my money in different crypto. So I wasn't just into Bitcoin. So when I, I made my when I made my money in Bitcoin, I realized that that Bitcoin and Ethereum wasn't by themselves. Cause I was looking at these two coins as two vehicles. So I realized when I like, okay, these are two vehicles. What make these two vehicles run? And what actually happens, what goes through the transactions and who are partnering with who. So I started to invest, spread my portfolio into different cryptos. And like randomly, like some will pop, some will pop, some will pop, some wouldn't go nowhere. And I started to learn how to make money in it. And ever since I started, it's just been it's been a great experience. Wow. All my friends involved for years, like a lot of my friends call me to this day because um, I had a main factor business a couple of years ago. And, and when people used to come to my office, I used to tell them, like, look, you should take some money and buy crypto. And those same people to this day, they call me like mad. Cause I told them in 2016 to buy crypto when I bought it. So they all call me back now and I'm just like, man, but it's not too late. Cause it's still the, it's still the coins that's bubbling. You know, this we're going into a transition. So a lot of companies and a lot of coins are at their, their bottom, but they're, they've reached their all time high, but it's going to go higher, you know, cause right. When once, once, once Bitcoin is regulated a hundred percent, there's going to be a trillion dollars roll, roll right in. It's a trillion dollars mm-hmm. going to roll right into the to, to the space, that I believe, and that's going to make the profits for everyone who's involved now larger, go higher. So, okay. so, so let me ask uh, Ian, um, what what do you think Bitcoin is going to go? I mean, I've heard estimates as high as I think I, I could have swore I heard somebody say as high as four or five hundred thousand. That those are probably the, the peak end, but but I think J.P. Morgan said uh, as high as one hundred forty six thousand in the next two years. Um, do you believe that? Uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on the future of Bitcoin, Ian? I think everything depends on the time frame because our projections were predicting Bitcoin to get to 40 or 45K by the end of this bull run, meaning that it goes up as high as, let's say, half a million, but coming back down by about 80% or so back to 50K. But Bitcoin's already there yeah. right now. So I think Bitcoin has pretty much exceeded anybody's expectations. Uh, we do believe long term, Bitcoin has the potential to eventually hit the price of over 1 million per Bitcoin. But the question is over what time frame? 
right? Oh, but so you, so it sounds like you're saying that it, it, you 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 can see that happening, but you can also see more crashes occurring. Is that well? I, I mean, yes. So a crash has to happen naturally because the market goes in cycles. But I'm, but I think if Bitcoin ends up achieving its goal of becoming the currency of the world, of becoming possibly the reserve currency of the world in the future, Bitcoin has to surpass over a million dollars per Bitcoin. So wow. I, I, so I do believe long term, whether that's 20 years down the road or, or even longer, Bitcoin will hit that price. But the question is, how fast, how soon? Who thinks that Bitcoin is going to become, you know, the most used currency in the world? I mean, King Bless, uh, I, I guess I'll go to you. Um, do you think that's going to happen? I mean, do you think that Bitcoin is going to be used? Because I, I, I can't imagine something with that much volatility. Right. You know, like, like if you have a dollar... Your dollar, the do- the value of the dollar does change. It's generally going down, but it does not move as much as Bitcoin. Bitcoin moves like crazy. It, you know, is that even a reasonable to think that Bitcoin could become this this widely used currency that that everybody's using as much as we use fiat, or or even a third as much as we use fiat? What what, what do you no, think? I don't think so. I, I think yeah. so. Here's the thing. I think the possible like, could it happen? Yes, it could happen. Uh, from just a technical perspective, it actually should happen because it makes sense. I don't understand why people hate it so much. Again, people, when you talk about Bitcoin, without thinking about the dollar value, you have a way to do payments and a transparent ledger. So we pay the government anything under a penny up to wherever we can see exactly who gets it and when they get it. I'm not understanding why people don't want it. But it's also that's the same reason why I don't think it'll be widespread. Uh, some of the other uh, you know people on the panel, I, I hear what they're saying, but um, I think we are a little bit too excited uh, and not understand where regulators are coming from. I called for regulation back in 2018 saying it would happen. I'm not a fan of it, but I said it would happen. We've already seen it happen. And the way the United States is, they are very happy. We're very happy about the dollar being the number one reserve currency. We don't want anybody or anything to displace that. And if anything tries to displace it, more bombs are coming. So uh, from a technical perspective, <laughs> literally, 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 the bomb. literally, no, literally, literally, from a technical perspective, right. I do think Bitcoin could be the world's currency there's no reason for it not to be like it just makes so much sense again we talk about all this money we give the government even over a trillion dollars in debt but whatever they give money to different countries well let's see it let's just go on the blockchain and see you give the 200 million to whatever country and then let's see exactly where they use it we can do that with bitcoin so from that point of view i do think it could be the world currency but knowing knowing human intervention i don't think it's going to happen okay so it looks like you have something to say to that yeah, so as far as Bitcoin's use case, it's not necessarily to be a stable coin like the U.S. dollar. So I don't think that's the competition. I think the change from the U.S. dollar that we have now to CBDCs, which are central bank digital currencies, is going to happen. That will occur. But Bitcoin as a settlement layer or as a global reserve can absolutely um, be a large part of the $100 trillion worth of assets that are in the world, which will grow over time. Uh, even if you only get 25% of that, that's when you'll hit that $1 million mark that Ian Bellina is talking about. Um, and that is very possible because if you put Bitcoin as a store of value beside everything else, it wins out every time. Uh, it's actually portable, unlike gold. Uh, it actually has a supply that you can audit. It has provable scarcity. It has the ability over time from a tech standpoint to provide people the ability to send money across seas by remittances. So the value of Bitcoin is way far beyond uh, gold, and that market is $10 trillion right now. If you talk to anyone under the age of 21, they are not putting their money in gold. They're going to put it in Bitcoin. 
if you talk to billionaires like Michael Saylor, who is called the dollar a melting ice cube, they're putting their wealth into Bitcoin. There's 18 publicly traded companies, if you go to bitcointreasuries.org, that have purchased large sums of Bitcoin to preserve their wealth because they understand that Bitcoin is not necessarily meant to be a day-to-day -day transaction. Who cares if you can buy coffee with Bitcoin? That's not what it's for. That's what stable coins, Bitcoin is not that. So when people think of it that way, they may think, hey, it's volatile. But if you want to talk about volatility, there's only six days in Bitcoin's history where you ever bought it, where you would not be in profit if you if you held it. There's only six days in 12 years. There's 99.9% of Bitcoin's history that if you bought Bitcoin, you would be in profit today if you held it. Even if you bought the top of 2017, if you dollar cost average $50 a week, we I did an actual Excel sheet. If you, if you dollar cost average from the top of the market in 2017 to December 31st, 2020, you would have spent $7,700. You would have made over, uh, because you would have gained 1.04 Bitcoins, you would have made over $35,000 and your ROI would have been over 300%. So when you say volatile, yes, it is volatile up and to the right. If you hold it, zero people who have held Bitcoin for longer than three and a half years have lost money. So Bitcoin's use case is working and it has been working. That's why you see the mass mutuals whose whole job is insurance. They and their whole job is risk management. They think Bitcoin is less risky than the dollar. That's why they bought $100 million of it. So mm. those are two different points, but Bitcoin's volatility has nothing to do with the long-term view. Uh, it's, it's, it's very stable, actually. Wow. And you can actually track it with happenings. If you look at every happening, after every happening, 12 to 18 months is a bull run. That's very predictable. We don't know that the dollar, we know that the dollar is down 99% since its inception and that inflation is actually 15 to 20% year over year. And for those of you watching, if you don't understand inflation, inflation is like getting, it's like somebody stealing from you every single day, little by little, they take a vase, they take a plate, they take your remote, you don't really notice it. And then one day you can be standing there like Will Smith at the end of Fresh Prince of Bel Air with nothing in your house. That's what inflation does to your money. Bitcoin does the opposite. You put it in Bitcoin and you look up and you have more money than you had before in dollar amounts. but Bitcoin is scarce, so you want a percentage of that amount. That's why Bitcoin has value. Mm. So, so Ian, what, what what do you think about what Isaiah um, had to say just now? Um, I know you have your own metrics, uh, mm -hmm. you know, of, of what what's going to happen in the future and stuff like that. I mean, at that point about dollar cost averaging and all that, I thought that was a great point. Uh, but what are you, what are your thoughts? I mean, are you in uh, pretty much alignment with with what Isaiah just said? Um, yes and no, right? I mean, so I think holding Bitcoin is definitely a better investment than holding fiat currencies, the dollar. Because every single year you you lose purchasing power by holding the dollar, let's say five to fifteen percent. So in about five years you're basically going broke. So on our channel we have a saying saying that not being in crypto is a financial crime. It's almost like people who have been bullish on crypto, the crypto evangelists, they've been on Noah's Ark, getting ready for this storm, getting ready for this financial storm. This was pre-COVID, but COVID has really sped things up, and now the whole world is seeing the use case of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. But most important of all. Now almost everybody's seeing how devalued the, the dollar is. And as this happens, more and more people will flood into crypto. And we think crypto is the future of money because for the first time in history, you have retail traders and investors who've had a chance to front run institutions because now on Wall Street, almost every single fund has to buy crypto or Bitcoin, not to be stupid. And we think while all these funds flow into Bitcoin, I'm actually more of, uh, I'm more bullish on Ethereum, but that's probably a whole different story here. <laughs> actually, actually, 
I don't own any Bitcoin at all. <laughs> well, 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 so, so you know, you know, okay, that's a good, a good, a good <laughs> opportunity yeah, to hey, go okay. Bitcoin. Go, go ahead. I, I like to, I like to hear well, that actually. I mean, that that's well, fascinating. I, I, well, I, don't, I don't have Bitcoin. Well, either. I have some Bitcoin, but I don't use well, it. I mean, so well, this, Bitcoin this, this is, thing, is really this a thing, though, Ian, Ian, well, Ian, Hold on, wait, wait, Okay, Isaiah first, and then Ian. I know it sounds like you had to finish your point, but go, go ahead, Isaiah. What are you gonna say about that? Okay, so outside of Bitcoin, every cryptocurrency is speculative in nature because the use case has not been proven. None of them. So, if you take the statistics from Trade Society, only one point six percent of traders are are actually profitable over ten years after fees. That is a ninety eight percent fail rate. Bitcoin, I just explained, has a ninety nine point nine percent success rate. So on one side, you have a 98% fail rate if you want to go into cryptocurrencies exclusively, because most people are not traders. You may be a good trader. That's possible. But most people are not. So when you say that I only have crypto, not Bitcoin, people are like, well, I can go to the flashy and shiny crypto and trade it. A lot of people get dumped on. My man got out of Ripple at $3. Congrats. A lot of people got dumped on. CNBC told people to buy Ripple at $3. A lot of people got dumped on. And that's uh, another thing. If you, if you talk about Ethereum, People are only in Ethereum because they think the price will go up. Because when you talk about utility, there's a lot of attack vectors. And when the price goes up, it's unusable with gas fees right now. And if they're going to solve it, they need to solve it before, you know, Ethereum is supposedly no better. Now, that, yeah, I, and I've heard the solutions that are supposed to come. But if you, get, if you think it goes to 20K, maybe. But gas fees are going to be ridiculous. Nobody who's going to use it. I mean, CryptoKitties almost took down the whole network. Mm, interesting. Uh, so, Ian, um, I, I, it sounds like you have more to, to uh, more of your yeah. point you want to I mean, make. So, on that. Uh, I think Bitcoin, in my opinion, is solving the store of gold. I mean, the store of value use case. Bitcoin is not really meant to be a currency, as Isaiah mentioned. Bitcoin is designed to be a replacement for gold, digital gold. But in my opinion, if we take the entire market cap of gold or digital gold, what do you think is a bigger market cap? All the capital um, markets in the world getting tokenized? Because I believe, for, so last year I went to Osaka, Japan, to Ethereum DevCon. This is an annual conference where all the Ethereum developers go there and build on Ethereum and present all the amazing things they're building there. So I was there at the bottom of a bear market. And I was just fascinated by the amount of activity there in, in the Ethereum community. Ethereum is really the biggest development community out there in the crypto space. While Bitcoin had their early start, if you go and look at Bitcoin, they have about 250 monthly active developers. Ethereum has 10 times the number of active developers per month. So even though it's kind of controversial, I've gone on the record saying that I believe in five or 10 years, Ethereum will surpass Bitcoin in total market cap because Ethereum is building a virtual computer. They're building a platform where anybody can build applications that are decentralized and not controlled by anybody. So I believe that market and that use case is much, much bigger than just being store value for gold. You're on right, mute? Right, sorry, guys. Uh, just in case you guys know, I, I muted everybody, including myself, because I heard a little bit of an echo. So that's why I muted you guys, not because I don't want to hear what you guys to say. Uh, everybody, I want you to know uh, who I'm speaking with. I'm speaking with some very smart, very smart black men I just met today. But I'm really enjoying this conversation. We're talking about what's going on in the world of Bitcoin and crypto and beyond and um, and, and, and what to expect there. And uh, the brother, uh, 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 the brother from New World Tycoon, uh, Royal, Royal Madro. Uh, Ian Bellina, uh, who is a noted expert in the crypto space as well, Isaiah Jackson uh, and uh, King Bless, who are both the, uh, the hosts of the Gentleman Crypto. Correct? Did I get that right? Uh, and uh, okay. And so 
here's what I want to uh, ask you guys about. Uh, so let's go beyond Bitcoin then. I, I wanted to start with Bitcoin just because that's what everybody's hearing about and everybody's familiar with. But but there's so much more out there. I, I know I, I personally have about maybe maybe 20 different cryptos. And um, and I, I'm a buy and hold guy. You know, I, I wish I mean, after Isaiah did his analysis, I wish I'd done a little more dollar cost averaging because it sounds like that would have been a, a great strategy. But I'm happy. Right. I'm happy with it. And uh, and I'll tell you a funny story, actually, uh, which is why I think I think everyone should take a, at least take a look at this, uh, this market. I've I, I been talking to one of my cousins, uh, you know, didn't go to college, none of that stuff. He um, but he, he makes money. He knows how to get money. And uh, and he and he says uh, he says, yeah, in 2010, I, I worked on a project and they gave me some bitcoins to, to do this project for him. I said, so how many bitcoins they gave you? He said, I don't know, about thirty eight. And I said, I said, I said, have you been keeping up with the price of Bitcoin? He said, no, what, what is it now? <laughs> so that's what I got to tell him that he had about $1.7 million that he wasn't keeping up with. But but these mad, these crazy things have happened right in, in the world of crypto. And I think that what a lot of people are looking for is they're trying to figure out uh, without getting too crazy with it. Uh, what else is out there that is uh, that, that that presents that potential gold mine? Uh, and, and, and actually, in a second, just so you guys can be prepared, I'm going to ask you also to, to sort of uh, play a devil's advocate with yourself and maybe explain why certain people like, say, Warren Buffett and other noted investors hate crypto. Right. They, they, they just think it's just Jamie Dimon, you know, all these other people. Right. So, so but we'll get to that in a second. So let's just start there. Uh, maybe if you tell me tell me what your favorite uh, one or two coins are and why. And uh, I'll start with you, um, my brother, Royal. Uh, what are you, what are your favorite cryptos besides Bitcoin? Um, well, one of my favorite cryptos right now, as far as Bitcoin, would be I got two favorites that I kind of look at. I look at CBC and I look at Track. Um, mm-hmm. CBC it helps with um, it's going to be helping with identity, identity um, and Track it's going to help with logistics and tracking supply chain. So I like the Tracks because um, eventually you'll be able to go to the store and you'll be able to actually see exactly where your uh, your meat come from and you can be able to track anything it's going to pretty much help people and companies and corporations be able to track all their supplies so just like you remember when we was looking for masks and when masks came out america couldn't find it and the reason why they couldn't find it because there wasn't tracked like no one could no one could find it well with 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 with, with the with crypto they're going to have it more logistics down pat. Well, people are going to know as soon as something is made, it's going to be tracked from the warehouse. And I think that CBC is going to be pretty much, that's going to be something they're going to use it in an airport for identification to kind of speed up the airport because, you know, COVID and everything. But I think eventually it's going to be where you go to the airport, you're not, your face will be the ticket. It won't be a ticket because, you know, when you're at the airport, small things slow you down. I think like that would kind of speed up the airport traffic, um, CBC. So those are two of my favorite coins. Right now, um, and, and plus Ethereum, because Ethereum is pretty much the heart of everything. People don't know, but it's running. It's going to be running the show pretty much real soon. Okay, well, I, I got some Ethereum. I think I might buy some more after hearing y'all talk. All right, I, but- I, I think you should buy some more. All right, <laughs> well, consider that done. I might, I'm gonna open up my my account right now. Uh, so, uh, King Bless, uh, what what are your favorite cryptos and why? Um, I would say my favorites. Um, I like community-based, smaller cap ones for the most part. And just kind of going off that, the reason why uh, we, we see what's going on with XRP Ripple and the SEC lawsuit. I think if the SEC wins, we might overnight see like 90% of projects disappear. 
Because I think they're going to be like, hey, if the SEC can take down Ripple, they definitely can take us down. Wow. So with that being said, I don't go after these some of these big glamorous projects because I'm like, hey, if, if the SEC take down Ripple, you guys are probably next. So with that being said, I like Dogecoin. I like Dogecoin because that is what cryptocurrency is about. Before people start talking about the volatility and dollar value and all this other stuff, the beauty of cryptocurrency and digital currency is that I can just go online create something out of thin air and all i need is one other person to say hey i accept that as value and that's what dogecoin has been doing that's why it keeps going up and that's why people like it because it's a fun coin people aren't even thinking about the dollar value unless it's like a big pump and it continues to work and oh by the way it continues to pump every time uh, a big bull cycle comes through so dogecoin first and another one that's a funny one i know bitcoin zay is gonna laugh about this is an old school one is only available on a couple of exchanges but something like bitbean Again, Bitbean. These are the ones you never hear. Bitbean and Redcoin. I'll actually give you two. You never hear about these coins. I think Bitbean is like 0. 0.0003 cents, so way less than a penny. Um, but these are also the same type of coins I identify when uh, Neo, when Neo used to be Ant shares. I mean, we talked about this live on our show. I remember seeing Ant shares when it was like 25 cents, less than 25 cents a coin. It ended up being $80. Uh, same with a couple other ones. So I like all three of those coins. Bitbeans, the Doge coins because they are all small cap coins, but they have huge community followings. If you actually look at the Bitcoin forums, you will see people actually talk about these coins. They're on it. They're on video games and all this other stuff, but they're not in the view as far as price point because no one looks at the price point. But literally, just like two or three months ago, Doge coins at uh, what 0 0.03 cent, so less than a penny, and now is at a full one penny. So it went up like seven hundred percent or something crazy. <laughs> in like a matter of 72 hours. And again, those type of coins aren't done. As we see the bull cycle continue, whether it's this one or the next few ones, I heard you talk about volatility. Yes, people, if you're listening, don't be surprised if we see Bitcoin goes down to 10 to 15 to $20,000 and it might stay there for two years, right? That could happen. But when those things happen, the next bull run, when it goes up to 60 to 80 to 100K, those coins I just mentioned, watch them. They are going to pump like crazy. Those are going to be the big percentage swings that people are looking for. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, that's good information. I was um, I was actually look, looking up um, I was looking up Ethereum as you guys mentioned that. I noticed Ethereum's gone up over a hundred percent this month. So uh, I I did I took I took my brother's um uh, recommendation on dollar cost averaging. So Isaiah, you just changed my life. I, I actually own some Ethereum. I didn't realize how much I own. So so thankfully I actually bought some. But uh, I actually did something where. I'm actually going to buy some every week. And, and that's what really what you should do, right? You're supposed to just be consistent with it. And so, uh, so thank you for that information on that. Uh, okay. So Isaiah, uh, your next brother, I, I'd love to know um, what, what are your favorite uh, coins besides Bitcoin and, and why? Uh, so I like Monero. Uh, the project is focused towards privacy. I love the tech that's around it. Uh, a lot of the engineers that work on Monero are some of the best in the world. Uh, so Monero is pretty good. Uh, I think the community around Link has proven itself. Uh, they got a big up in price recently, uh, so check that out. But mostly, um, most of the these centralized projects are run on uh, Amazon Web Services. So I just invest in Amazon because that, they're going to have to use it anyway uh, for most of them to run at all. So uh, that's 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 pretty much it for me. Okay. Uh, Ian, Ian Bellina, um, what, what are your favorite cryptos outside of Bitcoin and why? Oh, man, so many. <laughs> so we like to take a data-driven approach to investing in crypto. So we like to go through, do fundamental analysis, do quantitative analysis, also do in-depth code reviews on, on the actual technology. So if I had to pick one cryptocurrency to invest in, 
I'd have to pick Ethereum. I think Ethereum is the future. It's the future of crypto. But outside of Ethereum products we like from, from a purely code review perspective, one is Polkadot. Polkadot is building the internet of blockchains. We want to connect Bitcoin, Ethereum, and, and all these other blockchains and really build a highway operating system where all these third-party blockchains can speak with each other. In terms of microcap or promising new blockchains I like, I like Helium Network. They're building a decentralized internet. So you basically buy this hotspot. It's kind of like a router. You plug it in. It's plug and play. Anybody can buy. It costs about 400 bucks. I bought this about a year and a half ago, and I was able to recoup my investment in about six months. And it's so easy. You basically share your Wi-Fi access online to people like uh, Lime Scooters or, or any other IoT devices. And in exchange for sharing your Wi-Fi connection, they give you tokens. And I think this is a very promising project backed by credible VCs. Coinbase is looking at possibly adding this, this project on their exchange. So I think that plus one of the projects such as Matic Network, they're building a, a layer two scaling platform that lets Ethereum scale. So people, developers who want to build applications, people who want to build games and help them scale on the Ethereum blockchain, this project is great for that. Mm. Okay, so um, let me ask you guys a, a tougher question then. Uh, you know, you know, uh, we mentioned earlier that there are some people out here that are real skeptical of crypto. Um, and I, I, get the, I get the sense that there are no skeptics in this room. But if I were to ask you to play devil's advocate, and I'll start with you, Royal, um, why do you think that there are some um, you know, billionaire seasoned investors who have made a ton of money who, uh, who look at crypto and say, man, this, this is crazy. You're going to lose all your money. Um, it, it, because r- risk is real, right? And I think it's important to talk about risk because there are people that, 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 that think markets can only go up, right? I, I feel like this is a very, it's a wonderful time to invest, but it's a dangerous time to invest if you're a new investor because you get this sense that like the only way is up. And, uh, and, and and when you've seen like how bad things can get and how far down they can go, um, then you kind of get a different point of view. So, Royal, uh, what do you think? Why, why, how could somebody who actually has sense, who's not just stupid, look at crypto and say, man, I'm not touching that or it's, it's just too risky? Any, any thoughts on that? Oh, hold on. Let me let me unmute the brother. Sorry about that. Oh, wait. I think you got to unmute yourself. I got it. So. I would tell that I would tell these people who are like skeptical about Bitcoin. Uh, I'm pretty sure Blockbuster was skeptical about Netflix. <laughs> you get your popcorn, and I think this is the perfect time for people to jump in because I look at it like this: none of you guys who invested, okay? Because I'm, I'm I'm 29, so you got Amazon, you got Apple, you got all these companies who came out when I was like eight years old, right? Seven years old. None of my family members got involved. So now that we're grown and we have the option to take our money and put it places, why wouldn't you put it in something that's growing? Either way, go. yes, things can die down, but the market is so new where for people who invest now, it is only up from us, for us. If I, that's how I feel, it, feel about it because these companies are just going to get bigger and better, especially if you pick the right companies that's mm. actually doing, doing the job. Because, you know, it's a lot of bunk coins out here well but see the thing is if when the sector is you know they're suing people so eventually all this is going to get cleaned up and i feel like once bitcoin is cleaned up more people are going to feel better and more money is going to come in and the people who are not second guessing it are going to make a lot of money because right now it's a lot of people who can make money in bitcoin and crypto without really knowing much about it because these projects are going up and down but they haven't even got they haven't got started yet so i feel like you invest now, even if you was to purchase gold right now, you're not going to make any money. 
you're not gonna you're not gonna make any money anyway. You put money in your bank, you don't make no money. So you're already taking a risk. It either it's three people, it's three things you can do. You can be the people who who thought this was gonna happen, the people who um is waiting for it to happen, or the people who's gonna watch it happen. Mm. Be part of what's happening. So I think the risk is not investing. That's the biggest risk. It's not in not doing anything. That's my risk. Well, you know, I, I think it's a good point. You know, um, as I move to you, King Bless, um, you know, I, I think it is a good point to kind of say, look, um, if you spend your money, you know, on shoes or, or food or, you know, well, not food, but, you know, going out to eat or going to the club or whatever, like we know what happens with that money. Like we know that spending money gives you pretty much a 99.9% negative return on investment, right? So uh, I, I kind of look at it like, well, why not go ahead and, do something else with your money that might give you a chance of actually turning into something good. And, uh, and I, and again, I use it, my own cousin. Uh, I think that the Bitcoins, well, the Bitcoins he got were free because at that time, Bitcoins were worth maybe $10 a piece. So it's, the guy's like, here, here's 38 Bitcoins, you know, I, and he's like, Oh, thanks. You know, because in that, in his mind, he thought he was getting paid, you know, $300. And now that 38 Bitcoins is worth 1.6, 1.7 million, whatever the number is. So, uh, so I, so I, I get that for sure. But I'd be curious. Uh, so, King Bless, in terms of the risk, you know, uh, because remember, in the crash of 2017, a lot of people I remember a lot of people were, were mad at me because even because when I was talking about crypto, they thought I was telling everybody you got to go buy it or you should go invest your rent money in crypto. I never said that. I specifically said, you know, assets can crash. And then when they when they crashed, they were upset. They were like, oh, my God, I can't believe this will happen. And there are people who are new investors who. um you know, feel like if, if it doesn't work out, they feel like they got robbed. You know, <laughs> like like you, you took my money. No, the universe took your money because that's what investing is, right? So, so how do you how do you prepare somebody, uh, King Bless, for the for the darker side of what you're going into? You you yourself, I think I think you were the one who said that if XRP goes down, like a bunch of projects are going to get annihilated. And, and and so so I'd love to know your thoughts on the risk of investing in crypto, but also if you could finish off with, with your, your final thought on XRP, uh, because I'm definitely curious to know uh, what you guys think about that. Go, go ahead, bro. Right. So risk and in investing in crypto and XRP. First of all, you got the right person for this question because I love to give the real. I'm not about to coddle you and give you fake feelings. That's why I'm in Bitcoin. You can't control my money. I can say what the hell I want and do what I want, right? So here's the real love behind it. For one, if you lose any money in any investment, that is your fault. That's not Dr. Boyce Watkins' fault. That's not King and Bitcoin's A fault. It's your money. It's your fault. Because if the deal was you're going to blame me for losing your money, I wouldn't tell you to invest it. I would tell you to invest it in me because I'm a winner. I don't need you to invest in the crypto market. So I'll say that to start with. And seriously, I make that point uh, because, when, first of all, when it comes to Bitcoin, there hasn't been a crash or none of that. Like I, I hate that narrative. It's only 12 years old. And it's trying to build a global financial system. We are going to see this price shoot up thousands of dollars and go back down thousands of dollars for the next 10 years. The next 10 years, people, even if Bitcoin goes to 100K, 150K, once it hits 200K, again, cryptocurrency goes up and down 10% almost every day. What's 10% of 200K, right? So when Bitcoin drops $20,000, all of a sudden, are you going to start selling at 200K? No, this is a life cycle of any asset. Look at Amazon. Look at Apple. Like everything goes up and down. Like it's just a natural thing. So I hate the narrative of, oh, this thing is dead or, or it popped. The bubble popped, as Mark Cuban was saying. Like what does the bubble pop mean if another two years is going to go right back up, right? So I'm mm -hmm. against that narrative in general. Bitcoin 
is very new. It's 12 years old. Expect to see dips and crazy uh, swings like we're seeing now. Um, so that's my thing. I think the riskiest part of Bitcoin in general are actually two things. And one is the government. As I said earlier, the government doesn't want something to compete with the dollar. And then the second thing is I got to call it out. Uh, it's a lot of professionals and family people coming over to the crypto space trying to mitigate risk. And uh, and I actually had to talk about something Royal said. I don't like the sentiment of once Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, once it gets cleaned up and all that, because that means regulations. And the reason why cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and all this other stuff was created was to get away from it. So there can't be something that happens in the year 2024 that says, hey, we're going to use 20 percent of the world's or the United States' crypto to bail out these companies. I never want to see that again. And that only happens with regulations in the cleaned up space. And the only reason people want it to get cleaned up is because they're coming from different professions or different everything else with their hard earned money. And they're scared of this market. And instead of just going into the market and learning about it, they're saying, no, no, I want regulators. I want this. I want that. I want to make this easy. I want to make my get rich quick scheme easy. It's not Mm going to happen. If you're Mm -hmm. in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency specifically to build wealth, you have to learn. It is a crazy learning curve. There's nobody that's going to help you. You have to learn. You are becoming your own bank. So uh, that's my spiel when it comes to that. I know I said a lot, uh, but but essentially you have nothing to fear in Bitcoin if you actually do your work. Because if you do the homework, like the, from the technical point of view, there is nothing wrong with it. It hasn't been hacked. It works. Like actually read the white paper, do your research. It works. So again, when people keep talking about prices and, and the swings, the only thing I think about is like, I'm, I'm looking at the stuff. It works. If something works, then everything else when it comes to price point, that's the speculative part. To me, there's nothing speculative about Bitcoin because it works. Uh, now, when it comes to XRP, Ripple, the reason why I said that is because Ripple uh, was a Brad Garling house. When Ripple hit three dollars or something, he became the wealthiest person on the planet for like a strong 18 minutes. Right. Ripple has the resources. They know governments, uh, regulators, people in governments, politicians, bankers. They know everyone around the planet. They've been giving out money. They've been giving out Ripple. They've been building. So with all of that being said, and Ripple is initially for banks and governments. So if a government turns its back, which we've seen the SEC doing, and they actually win the case against Ripple with all their grand resources, majority of these other projects don't have the resources Ripple have. And the SEC can identify a person in the company and go after that project and destroy it. Then every other company, every other project that has that same type of person who doesn't have those same type of resources are going to be bending over for the SEC as if they beat Ripple with that case. Wow. Yeah, I, I think that that whole situation with Ripple is uh, is very disturbing. You know, it's um, and it's 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 one of those things that can go either way. You know, it's like a I almost compare it to like a a pass interference call in a, in a football game. You know, you can almost call that almost every play if you really want to, or or maybe uh, targeting. I hate the I hate the targeting penalty. I understand the need for it, but you know, I, if you if you're a football fan, you, you know what it looks like when a guy. It, you know, it could be caught, accused of targeting when he's not trying to target. He's just making a tackle, right? So, in, in a way, it's it's one of those things where I'm I'm real curious to see how this plays out. And I know that the uh, chairman of the of the SEC is on Jay Clayton is on. I think he just left, and so they have a new chairman. And I couldn't help but wonder: Is this sort of some last ditch uh, effort by you know people that were in the Trump administration to just cause trouble? You know, just make just create uncertainty. Uh, and, and and I actually held my my XRP. I, I'd be curious to know uh, Isaiah as you as you answer your question. Uh, did I do something stupid by holding my XRP? Should I have just sold it? I, I kind of want to hold on to it because I feel like 
I, I have hope that this case is going to go away. I, I really can't imagine them pursuing this because I think it's going to disrupt the whole market. Uh, what do you think, Isaiah? Oh, yeah, well, it's funny you bring up Jay Clayton. You know, me and King were joking. We were like, did Brad Garland House steal Jay Clayton's girlfriend or something? Because this was kind of <laughs> right at the end. It seemed like it was targeted right at Brad Garland House. Um, but this is this is the one of two ways that Ripple can go. Uh, they can lose to the SEC and uh, move their operations overseas, but it will be kind of hard to deal with banks uh, who rely on uh, U.S. banks for their uh, regulations. So they're going to look at it and say, well, we don't want to deal with you. So the value could go down. Um, and then the second thing is Ripple could win. Very small chance that they win, in my opinion, but they could win the case and they rewrite the Howey test. And they say that this is what uh, security is now. And Ripple proved that and the price could go skyrocket. But the one thing I do want people to remember about Ripple, it's the only uh, coin that has successfully been hated by crypto people and laughed at by banks. So mm. they're kind of in their own space because people like me who started out, we've been saying Ripple was a pre-mined, terrible cryptocurrency that is a pump and dump that you could make money if you are a trader. But if you're trying to hold long-term, that is not what Ripple's for. Then banks, people I know that work for JP Morgan, uh, work for other banks. They la literally laughed at Ripple. They were like, you think we're going to use Ripple over our own technology? And then JPM coin came out. And then he started having digital ledger technology. That is exactly what they did. They looked at Ripple's presentation and said, we could build it ourselves. So they're not even getting traction from US banks. So that's the position they're in right now. Whatever they do from there with the 90% of their business being outside of the US, we'll see. But if they lose at SEC, I don't think international banks will deal with them if US banks won't either. So you can hold it if you want. I think actually uh, the ethos of crypto is the fact that you're free to do whatever you want. So you can hold it. It would be a great collectible. If it went down forever and went to zero, you could say, I had a million ripple, I had a chance, uh, honestly. Or again, like I said, I actually would, it would be the funniest thing to me to see ripple skyrocket to $5 overnight and just fall back down. Just one last, one last pump. For the road, that would be hilarious. <laughs> but, you know, again, it's that's it's crypto. It's the, it's still the wild west in some aspects, but it is you know regulation wise. Hey, Jay Clayton must have something against Brad Garland House. Yeah, I felt like it was personal too, and that, that's one of the reasons why I couldn't help but feel like there's some chance it could just kind of go away and disappear, and not or not be a priority under the Biden administration. Um, but but you know, and, and it's funny you you mentioned the Howey test. Now, for everybody who's who's listening, if you don't know what the Howey test is, it's basically uh, the test that's used to determine if Ripple was a security or if it's a currency, and and the Howey test says that uh, I'll read this to you guys. It, it, uh, it, and some of you, the experts on here uh, are aware of it. Uh, some of you in the audience may not be. Uh, specifically, the Howey test uh, basically uh, determines if a transaction represents an investment contract. If quote a person invests his money in a common enterprise and is led to expect profits solely from the efforts of the promoter or a third party. So basically, uh, are they selling stock? Uh, that, that's that's my interpretation of it, right? Are, are they, are, is, is Ripple a currency or is it a security? Um, I think you can make an argument either way, uh, but I, I do think that Ripple may have put, them, put themselves in a tougher position by just by how they marketed the currency, right? If, if you gave the impression that, look, if we, if we make a profit, then we're sharing profits with you. Then, then you could fail that Howey test. I don't know if they have to rewrite the Howey test. Really, I, it almost just seems like it's just one of those things where you, if the teacher likes you, you're gonna pass. If the teacher don't like you, you're gonna fail. That, that's what I'm thinking. I don't know. Well, it, it was kind of just the price going up. 
you know, as far as speculative, mm. it's kind of weird because it's a settlement coin. If you settle, there's a buy and a sell on both sides. So it should be stable. So the price going up is obviously a pump and dump. <laughs> That's what mm. a settlement coin does. If a it's bank not, is going to pay other banks with Ripple, they're not going to do it with the volatile currency. It should be a settlement coin. So there's an obvious pump and dump. So who knows? The SEC, yeah, will, like no, I said, they, I don't know if they'll change the Howie test. I think the Howie test is a little I bit doubt, outdated, a little bit, a little bit outdated. But I, I, I seriously doubt I'm going to change the rule for Ripple. I, believe, so I think the issue where they messed up is one: there was a pre-mine coin, so the company yeah. Ripple owned more than half the supply. And mm. according to the actual report, the SEC believes just by the fact that they control the supply and the market, they essentially control the, the, the direction of the coin meaning that there's a common enterprise that controls the coin. In addition to that, Ripple or XRP was trying to create markets and liquidity for that coin, meaning trying to pay exchanges to list XRP. And as a result, there's a common enterprise that is still steering the growth of that project. Now, if we, if we look at DeFi, for example, DeFi in the last one year or so has achieved at this point over $12 billion in total assets in crypto. DeFi coins are really cryptocurrencies that are decentralized and they're run by the community and you have all these new currencies such as yearn finance uh, ave synthetics all these currencies where the ethos is to issue a currency but have the whole community run and govern this currency by its own there's no central party or, or anybody who controls it and i think if xrp had done the same thing they would not really be facing the sec hmm. wow that's heavy okay great 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 point thank you for that ian um, okay, so let me ask you guys this last question um, before we head out. You guys have been a great group to talk to, man. I, I am um, looking forward to speaking to all of you in the future. And so once we get done, I definitely want to get, get all your phone numbers because um, uh, I, I, I never, just so everybody knows, I, I, didn't, I didn't know any of these brothers before today, but I know them now and I respect them immensely. And I think that you should uh, follow up with them and, and look into what they got going on because they're all very smart. So uh, starting with, uh, with, 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 with you, Royal, uh, could you tell people how they can get in touch with you, uh, where they can follow up uh, on what you're doing? My uh, my Instagram is New World Tycoon, and on my Instagram, I have I actually for people who haven't um, if you haven't really got introduced to crypto, I have an introduction book on my bio where you can purchase it. And then once you purchase the book, I bring you into my private Discord where I pretty much have like a community of active investors, and we're all pretty much helping each other. And putting out news and telling each other and just helping each other. So New World Tycoon is my Instagram, and you can just pretty much find me there. All right. Uh King Bless. Um, what about yourself? Let me oh, you know what? Let me let me let me let me help on um, make sure the brothers there you go, King Bless. Go ahead, brother. Had to do the pump fake. All right. <laughs> you can find me every day, Monday through Friday on YouTube at the gentleman of crypto. Again, that's the gentleman of crypto. You can also see me on Twitter, the gentleman of crypto, or our official account, KRBE Crypto. Uh, so every day, all we do is talk crypto. Thirty minutes. We try to make it nice and easy for you to get in, get out, and get your daily crypto news and updates on the prices. All right, all right. Uh, Isaiah Jackson, you sir. On Twitter at Bitcoin Zay. On Instagram at Bitcoin Zay LLC. Also, the co-host of the Gentleman of Crypto, Monday through Friday, and you can also find me at Bitcoin and BlackAmerica.com. All right. And uh, Mr. Ian Bellina, yourself. You can find us on YouTube or Twitter at Token Metrics. We're a cryptocurrency investment research company. We provide data-driven research using machine learning and quantitative approaches to investing. My personal profiles are Daria, at, at Daria of a Made Man on Twitter, Instagram, and we also have an email list. 
All right, all right. Well, I love it. Uh, if everybody could take a second and, and give a digital thank you, round of applause for these uh, very intelligent brothers that <clears throat> that came on with us today. Um, I truly appreciate all of you for joining us. Um, you know, appreciate this has been great. And uh, we're going to do this again in the future because, um, <clears throat> you know, I think I think crypto has a lot of potential there. And, uh, it, and, and as most of us know, or uh, I'm, I'm going to take a Joe Biden phrase. If you ain't investing, then you ain't black. So, so if you ain't investing somewhere, then you ain't black. So that means invest in yourself, invest in your kids. If you got them, invest in your life, invest your money, uh, because investing is the best way to be black, because I want you to be black and powerful. So God bless everybody. Take care. Hit the thumbs up button on your way out. And uh, also, don't forget that tomorrow, uh, Saturday, is the Generational Wealth Conference. Uh, we're going to cover a lot of different areas from credit to uh, to wills and trusts, to uh, insurance, to taxes, uh, real estate, et cetera. So if you'd like to join us, go to generationalwealthconference.com. That's generationalwealthconference.com. We get started tomorrow morning. We go the whole weekend. It's going to be really good. So take care, everybody. Uh, have a good day. And uh, if you brothers can stay on just one second so I can get your information, I appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. Take care now. Peace.